Hi, I'm Kayla Bren, your host of Discovering the Balance. Today's episode is titled My Story Part 2, and I'm recording from my favorite studio space, which is the passenger seat of Diesel Dolly the truck. And this week I'm in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Today's episode will pick up where I left off in episode three, so if you haven't listened to that, I definitely encourage you to start there, but this episode will include a few things. So I'm first just going to share my my heart, the reason I feel led to share so personally. um, It's always with the hope that somebody on the other end is hearing this and relates or hears me or understands something of that nature. Chances are a lot of people think I'm crazy for sharing so personally, but nevertheless, I am. So I wanted to share that. And then I also wanted to share where I went after said diagnosis. Um, I was being faced with a new diagnosis, which of course, what do we all do? We go to Google and Pinterest and search all the many different things and all the many different experts that there are out there and what they have to say. And then more importantly, I was being faced with the fact that I might not have control over what I weigh. And that was like a big gulp kind of moment. Um, And then the last thing I'm going to share about is three things that I gave up at this juncture, three things that I said no longer served me. And then I'll end the episode with just a brief trip update and let you guys know where we are headed on Wednesday. Wednesday, we travel by car and we travel by plane. So tune in till the end of the episode for those updates. But without further ado, let's jump in. So in this episode, I'm going to pick up where we left off in episode three, which is when I received the diagnosis of PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, It was more a light bulb moment. It was a lot of puzzle pieces finally coming together in my life. But more importantly, at that time, (laughs) at least where my headspace was, I was consumed in this new knowledge or maybe knowledge that I didn't have control over my weight, at least not at this time. And the weight gain and the weight retention that I was experiencing was due to things not, not being, not being as they should in my body. So I wanted to first start with why am I even sharing all of this? If you've been listening to the podcast, you probably have heard me mention um, the power of connection and the power of, um, of story. And I think God created each of us to be able to use our voice. And for me, for many, many years, I was using my voice to just say a lot of chatter, but not a whole lot of substance. And so although this is very personal information for me to share, I am sharing it in the hope of connecting with somebody, somebody else hearing this and saying, she gets it, or she understands, or I'm not alone. Any one of those things, because here's the thing, we were all created so differently and we all have our own story, but it's sharing the story where we begin to connect and really realize that you're not ever truly alone in whatever situation you might be facing. Typically there's going to be somebody else out in the world that's maybe facing something very similar to you. And for an example, 
my husband, I, I, it, it pains me to not be able to relate and to not be able to understand, but fundamentally I cannot understand what he is going through. I watched my husband last year lose his mom and that was his last living parent. Um, Jeff lost his dad when he was very young and here I am, we're caravanning with grams and pops and then I also have my dad and stepmom still living so quite literally we are just opposite in that way and just like I can't relate to him on those types of struggles and what he has been going through he can't understand my body image issues (laughs) he doesn't understand how I had an unhealthy relationship with working out and food. Um, So that's why I'm here. I'm here to share the story because I think we need more voices out there that are not telling you what to do. And so I I have to say that I'm really sick and tired of everyone growing and going through different seasons and then becoming the expert and telling other people what they should do and how they should do it. So for me, Yes, this is very personal. It's not going to be a podcast that tells you this is what you should do to work your way through this. It, it's just not. That's not my place. It's your journey. <laughs> and the I think the, the less we listen to so many different voices, um, especially when it comes to making choices, navigating your own life, I think we are the better. We are our best guide. <laughs> Listening to your body Um, honestly, that was a foreign concept to me a few years ago, but now I, I pay attention and listen to cues that I'm like, how did I not realize, (laughs) how did I not realize this before? And so in this story of how I am sharing, I hope that something can resonate with you, um, or resonate with somebody that maybe, you know, and you share it with them. Um, this is not for me to, Um, show, Hey, look at me. (laughs) This is where I've come. The purpose of me sharing my voice is just hopefully to connect with somebody else and, and hopefully remind someone that they are not alone. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the episode. So in episode three, I mentioned that I landed in the hands of a nutritionist that practiced health at every size and body kindness. So I wanted to talk about how I landed there. (laughs) And then I also wanted to give my thoughts over both of those ideas because I think they both offer a lot of good things, but I think we're also seeing in our culture some extreme things. And I do want to touch on that because I think it's just whack and I think it needs to be acknowledged. I'm sure other people are acknowledging it, but I want to acknowledge it. So first of all, (laughs) when I left the um, OBGYN with this new diagnosis, I was still pretty determined to lose the weight. Like low key, I was, you know, starting to think that maybe I didn't have the control and I might have to just deal with my body the way that it is, which gulp, I was like, how in the world am I going to do that? So I kind of was like, okay, I'm going to find a dietitian, and they're going to tell me what to eat, like when to eat and how to eat it. I mean, like, do I need to blend it all? I don't know. But like, what do I need to do (laughs) to lose this weight? So that's truly where I was at. And I can still remember sitting down and looking at 
at the computer trying to find a dietitian in the Nashville Franklin area and I landed on Nashville Nutrition Partners and I came to a profile her name is Andrew Wilson and I read about body kindness and this health at every size which I had never even heard of and I can only describe it as the Holy Spirit and just me feeling so I, there wasn't even a question. I didn't even look at anything else. I just knew that this was where I was supposed to go. And I think my time under that therapy was so crucial for me and understanding how the body processes different food, like actually speaking to somebody who has received an education versus all of the Instagram influencers that I had been believing all this time. So it was great to actually get a wealth of knowledge um, in regards to actual nutrition, but the health at every size and body kindness really opened up an entirely new world to me. It was foreign to me that I could just find peace with my body no matter what size it is. It was foreign to me that like I could go buy clothes whenever I just need clothes. Like I don't need to wait until I lose weight. Like my body is always worthy of being clothed. I remember early on in one of the sessions <laughs> talking about this very topic of like how I needed new clothes but I didn't want to buy them because I don't want to be this size. And I remember her looking at me and saying, like, your son, like Riley, would you ever not clothe him? Like, would you, no matter what size he was, would there ever be a situation where you wouldn't buy clothes that fit him? And I was like, no, of course not. She was like, then why don't you love yourself enough to do the same? And I was like, mic drop moment. Like, I don't know how many different times I have, like, not purchased clothes so that whenever I get to said goal weight, I could then buy clothes, which honestly, looking back was a really dumb plan in my book because I was a yo-yo dieter. So I would only buy clothes <laughs> when I was really small. And so right when I would get off the diet and gain like the 10 pounds back, I didn't fit said small clothes. It was really a terrible, terrible, terrible cycle. So landing in her hands um, and opening up this whole new idea of self care of trying to make peace with your body, even when you don't like your body. I mean, I still wake up many days and look at myself and can pinpoint all the things I don't like, but I can love my body. You know, like my, I now view my body as this vessel that just fiercely takes care of me no matter what, <laughs> you know, it's, it's main job is to, is to heal and to take care. And now with more education, looking back, the reason I was putting on all of that weight was because my body was protecting me. Um, I don't actually think it had much to do with the PCOS. Um, a lot of PCOS is very, it's so vague. <laughs> you can have one symptom, you can have five symptoms. It, there, there's just, again, you can't pee on a stick and find out if you have this. So it's very vague and it's not a symptom that I had had prior. Um, so anyways, I don't blame the PCOS for the weight gain. I blame my yo-yo dieting and what 10 years of doing that really does to your body and your metabolism. So that is how I landed in the care of a nutritionist that practiced health at every size and body kindness, which without a doubt is where I needed to be. My brain need to, needed to be reprogrammed in the way that I approached moving my body, fueling my body, 
and then speaking towards my body, like what I, what my opinion of my own body was. So that's where, (laughs) that's how grateful I am to have landed there. But being a few years further along, I now recognize how important what I put into my body was. Um, At this time, at this juncture, I just needed to understand that like food was not inherently good or bad. You know, does that make sense? You know, before I viewed certain foods as good and certain foods as bad. And when I ate the good foods, I was good. And when I ate the bad foods, I was bad. So I needed a lot of normalizing with just what food was and getting away from this idea that I was what I eat, (laughs) which to some extent we are what we eat. But when you think of everything as being good versus bad, it, it kind of messes with you. But here's where I want to put a disclaimer with Um, especially health at every size. Um, Again, I have already mentioned that I don't weigh. (laughs) So that is out there. And I do think weight does play a role in health. And there is a time and place to be weighed, um, medically speaking. But I just want to call out that there, there is no, nothing but extremes. You know, I graduated high school in 2005 and took the five-year plan for college. So I graduated in 2010. And during those years when the tabloids were really going crazy at this point, I mean, it was right before smartphones were coming out. You know, cell phones are, of course, everywhere. And also, you know, Facebook is around at this point. And so everything that's being normalized at this point was Paris Hilton and Lindsay Lohan, and all of them were extremely anorexic looking. And that was glorified. It was put on the magazines. It was everywhere you looked. They were on TV. It was glorified. And it was also normalized. And now we have the absolute extreme opposite being normalized. And I am not a fan of the BMI scale. I think it's very old and outdated, but I just have a really hard time understanding why we have to go to such extremes, why we can't, um, you know, normalize how we eat and how we approach food. Um, maybe then we would have less of the extremes. So that's just my opinion on health at every size. I wanted to put a disclaimer out there for it. Body kindness is actually a name of a book. I highly recommend it. Um, it's a really, really, really easy read, um, but super just uplifting. And it was a really great entry book for me. Um, if you have any other questions, please like message me on Instagram, or if you have my phone number, please text me. I am happy to talk about any of this stuff any time of the day, but what I will say, we are a little busy, so I'm probably not going to be the quickest person to respond, but truly, if you have any questions, um, please don't ever hesitate to reach out. So three things I quit or gave up after March of 2018, when I was diagnosed with PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. So the first thing I quit, which actually happened a little bit before my diagnosis, it was at a very low point. I was just continuing to put on weight despite all of my really drastic efforts. 
And we lived in a townhome in Spring Hill at this time. And I remember taking the scale to the dumpster and throwing it away. And I have actually not weighed since that, since that OBGYN appointment. I did weigh there. Um, I remember what number it is. (laughs) I remember what number I thought I should be. Um, and now I have no idea what that number is and it doesn't really matter to me anymore. I know at first, whenever I stopped weighing, it felt weird because it was just such a habit, just like any habit. Um, it's very hard to break and it feels odd when you're not doing something you're so very used to, but it honestly created a new jargon in my head every day because I was trying to train my brain to believe that I was worthy just as I was and that whatever I weighed did not determine how worthy I was. So I gave up weighing myself and I want to share this information because with the people that I have shared this with, they're usually quite surprised. Um, But I have not weighed myself personally and I have not allowed myself to be weighed medically since that date. So anywhere you go, a minute clinic, your um, primary physician, your OBGYN, whoever it is that you are seeing, you can simply decline the weight. And I know for, you know, many people, you're probably thinking like weight is important. It does have something to do with your health. I completely agree. And I know that it does have a place for for some things, but in overall, you know, (laughs) if you start diagnosing, um, what a person is eating, maybe how often they're pooping, you'll get a pretty good gauge of their health. And that has nothing to do with the scale. But for some reason, those kind of questions aren't asked, um, which really bothers me. So if you hate being weighed at a doctor's appointment and loathe it, know that you can simply decline it. Um, it's, it's actually very empowering. My heart is always racing whenever it comes up because it's usually met with confusion. So just in case you've never done it before, if you do, you know, I just simply say like, I don't weigh. And they're like, oh, well, usually they're like, oh, right. So we need you to get on the scale. (laughs) I'm like, no, like I, I don't, I don't weigh. And they usually just meet it with like utter confusion and, (laughs) and then just like go on. And it's just kind of awkward because you can tell that it's not something that they hear every day. Um, but it's definitely not a reason to not issue care to you. And I, I think your care will be just as good without knowing that number. So that's the first thing that I gave up. The second thing that I gave up was my fitness pal. Now my fitness pal and I had been like BFFs for years. I mean, I created recipes in that thing. I mean, it was, it was like religion for me. I mean, every day if I was doing, you know, depending on the yo-yo, if I were um, depriving myself (laughs) of something, then um, I was addicted to entering my data into my fitness pal. And then if I were indulging and typically overindulging, um, then me and my fitness pal, (laughs) my fitness pal just made me um, feel shame. So I deleted it. Um, I don't cast any judgment, honestly, on anyone who maybe still uses the app and maybe currently uses it. It has good benefits. I just was not able to use it in a healthy way. And again, it added to the amount of time that I was allowing my headspace 
to be consumed in this one weight loss goal. And I finally was trying to explore hobbies and things that interested me that, you know, brought out a passion in me that wasn't centered around what I physically looked like. So that's the second thing I gave up. The third thing that I gave up was this feeling that I had no control over who and what I followed on Instagram. I really took my own health into my own hands and that meant mentally and physically at this time. And it was under the advice of my nutritionist that she's like, (laughs) I remember her telling me if somebody makes you stumble in any sort of way, then unfollow them. Like go through a great purge and unfollow any account, whether it be an influencer, a friend, or even a family member. If it's an account that makes you, that triggers you in some way, whether it be regarding weight or keeping up with the Joneses, whatever it might be, it's not worth looking at. (laughs) And you have the power and control to literally just make it vanish. So I did. And (laughs) some people might get a follow in the next couple of weeks. And I'm just going to message and reference, go listen to this podcast, because I think it sounds a little weird. There are people that like, (laughs) that are friends of mine that I want to follow that I'm like, ugh, this admits that I unfollowed you at some point. And on a very personal level, it was not it was not personal. It was just the fact that I was really struggling and I was struggling not only with my weight, but also this idea of keeping up with the Joneses. Um, I, I thought that if we were in a different neighborhood or closer to where jobs were, that things would be better. So it was during a time where we were trying to find a house in the Franklin market, which is just insane. It was insane a few years ago. It is extra insane now, which is very true across the country we have heard, but the Franklin market is a beast and a half. My brother is a realtor and he is in the Murfreesboro area and he can't stand the Franklin area because it is so unbelievably, unbelievably cutthroat. So we were just going, we were, we were in a season, you know, we were newlyweds. I had just been diagnosed with this. We were trying to find a house and obviously money was not endless. And Williamson County being the wealthiest county in Tennessee, it can just feel overwhelming. Um, and we were, so I just unfollowed anything that made me feel anything that was not positive because I started to pay attention to the impact on these negative thoughts and how they were spreading into other areas of my life. So those are the three things that I quit. My feed for Instagram has changed a lot during the last few years, just during during all of the different periods of growth. (laughs) You know, one thing leads to another uh, thing health-wise and It's just very empowering to be able to say like, I feel like I have grown through this phase. So I'm now unfollowing these people and now following all of these new interests. So I know that there are a ton of influencers out there. Um, I, (laughs) I'm not going to be one of those. I really encourage everyone to spend as much time in their own life. Um, not looking at other people's lives. (laughs) Um, So you won't hear me trying to be an influencer in any sort of way, because I think the most beautiful image is us each living our life 
every day and being present in the most beautiful mundane moments. So as promised, I said that if you stayed tuned till the end, I would give a brief trip update and where we are headed by car and plane on Wednesday. So let's first start with where we're at. We're in Colorado Springs, which, oh my goodness, there is so much to do. We went up to Pikes Peak today. The Cog Railway has actually been closed for four years. It started in 1891 and it ran all the way until 2017 without ever closing. How cool and crazy and scary is all that? (laughs) But it was really, really a cool experience, but I'm actually not going to be sharing about that one, at least not in this episode. Maybe once it comes around time for me to share about this month in our travels, maybe I'll share about it then. For now, I want to share with you guys what happened in Alamosa. Oh my word. So (laughs) yet again, clueless on like what we are about to enter. You know, we leave New Mexico where it's straight up just desert. I mean, it was kind of refreshing to be back in the desert because the desert kind of became our home during the winter and we kind of loved it. We kind of hated it at times. It was definitely an adjustment, but we kind of loved it too. So we leave the desert and we... (laughs) We head to Colorado and we are staying in Alamosa, which is the main, it's the city you stay in if you want to go to the Great Sand Dunes National Park. So we only have two nights there. You know, it's really a one day kind of park. Um, It's also dog friendly, super exciting. We love when national parks are dog friendly. And so we had Tuesday. That was going to be our day to conquer. So on Monday, we arrived, and we arrived pretty early. Um, We had that water issue the week prior. And so this time, we were on the road by like 9.30. I think we were dumping it by 9.30 a.m. And so we arrived really early to Alamosa, which was just so fantastic. (laughs) To get somewhere before 12.30 on a Monday is just a great feeling. And so we arrived, it was sunshine, like 63 degrees, nothing crazy. And within the hour, the sky turned really dark and you could tell a storm was a brewing. So I looked at Jeff and I was like, I I can't pass this up. (laughs) He looked at me and he was like, oh, you're going to go get your workout in? And I was like, no, I'm going to go take a nap. We have not had a thunderstorm in probably six months. It's been a really, really, really long time. It's one of those random things that you wouldn't think you'd ever miss. You wouldn't even think of it, but you do. So again, desert life. We loved it, but we hated it, but we loved it. (laughs) Anyways, so I go, I go and lay down and within 15 minutes, there is precipitation coming down and, and it is hail. And I'm like, what? So we get up, I text Grams and Bobs, and I'm like, do y'all know it's hailing? And they're like, well aware. I'm like, well, at least we're not driving in this. So anyways, that was interesting. It ended up turning into rain, but that was just like a, what? What just happened? Like that was weird. So we go to bed that night and we have plans to wake up and pack lunch, but be on the road by like 9 a.m. And so we wake up the next morning. We knew it was going to be cold, but not so cold that we had disconnected. Like we checked the weather 
so we know if we need to disconnect the water and it wasn't supposed to be freezing so Riley comes into the room into our bedroom and he's like guys it's snowing we're like what what (laughs) and sure enough it was just coming down we truly did look like those like Tennessee bumpkins that have like never seen snow because we were out there by like 7 30 a.m Annie our puppy has never seen snow she loved it oh my goodness she loved it so much so yes we looked like those crazy people being like oh my goodness it's snow we've never seen that it was just more the fact of like what (laughs) this is not what we planned for so at this point I had already come I had already come to like accept it like we this was marking number 15 for national parks so far this year And we've had really great weather at pretty much every single one of them. So I was just like, you know what? This is how the cookie crumbles. This is the only day we have here. It's just not going to be what we expected. So we rearranged plans and said that we would leave at like 1230. It was about 40 minutes away. And the sun, the weather forecast said that the sun would be peeking out at some point. So we watched a movie that morning together as a family. We made a big breakfast, um, homemade biscuits and sausage gravy. It was delicious. And then we leisurely got ready for the day. So we head off for this adventure and it is still raining. Kind of looks like almost snow. It's not, but it's still not great weather. (laughs) So we get to the park and we go to the visitor center and this, this national park, there's really not much to it. There's not, there's not even like a scenic drive. It's just the great sand dunes. And then that's about it. (laughs) So you either hike the sand dunes or you don't. So we go to the parking lot Um, to be able to access the sand dunes. Of course, they are covered in snow right now. It was very, very beautiful. So, so beautiful. I'm going to post pictures about it. Um, But at the same time, it was like, this isn't what I'm here for. (laughs) We had sleds. Um, Grams and Pops were able to pick up three when they were at White Sands National Park. So we were prepared, um, but we were not prepared to cross a creek. Um, my parents have been to this national park prior in the summer and the creek was not a thing, like not at all. But right now the creek with the melting snow everywhere, it was full on like waves coming down (laughs) from the creek and you, your feet were just going to get wet. So that was not planned for. We did not know that going in. So we all get out dog in tow, (laughs) who's again, still so excited for the snow, And we're just walking around looking at all the different access points to be able to get to the sand dunes and all of them include crossing said creek. So then it starts raining again. So (laughs) half of our party is doing bathroom breaks. Jeff is standing there with me and I'm like, I'm going to the truck. Like it's obvious we're not doing anything, right? Like this is where it's pretty, like we're done. Like we tried, we made our best effort. Let's go. So I take the dog back to the truck and 30, 40 minutes pass by and Jeff calls me and he's like, so I just made it across the Creek. Um, I'm with pops. And he was like, our son is with Graham's. They're probably about a half a mile in front. He was like, do you want to come? He was like, my feet got wet. Just so you know, like they're real wet. And I was like, "Mm, 
like they're half a mile in front of you. At this point, I just feel like I'm really far behind and I'm also very dry and things are good. You know, I'm like, I've already accepted that this isn't going to happen. (laughs) So I'm like, no, it's, it's really, it's okay. Just get, get lots of pictures. I know you people are probably being like, Kayla, Kayla Bryn, what are you doing? Um, it was really cold and windy. This wind is no joke. So I'm in the truck and another 30 minutes passes by and I get another phone call and I can hear my mother cackling in the background. And Jeff is like, your mother says you have to get out here. And I'm like, okay. I mean, like, how can I not? So Annie and I get out of the truck I go to the creek access. I see Jeff coming down one of the dunes. He was like, oh, (laughs) he was like, well, let me sled down this dune real quick. And then I'll come, come walk to you. And I was like, okay, cool. (laughs) Sure. So I get to the creek bed. I see Jeff coming down, walking towards me. And I'm like, he said he got his feet wet. He spent 30 minutes with pops, evidently trying to get across this creek bed. And I'm like, well, I don't have 30 minutes. And he still ended up with wet feet. So like, I'm just going. So Annie and I just walked straight across basically. And we went up there and had the time of our lives. Um, looking back, oh man, Graham said it best. Oh my goodness. She said it so best. The next day she said, I was looking back and we were nuts to have such fun. (laughs) If you know my mom, you can hear her saying it, but it was so true. And honestly, the award for saving the day and saving Great Sand Dunes National Park goes to Graham's hands down. And I asked Riley the other day what his favorite national park is. And he said it might be Great Sand Dunes now. So definitely huge props to Graham's for having such a sense of adventure. And (laughs) I'm sure my mom is seeing flashbacks of my childhood and my teenage years where I'm just like, nope, I'm, I'm good on this. I'm out. (laughs) So that's what, um, that's a little bit of what we've been up to in the last week. And on Wednesday, we are traveling to Denver. So it's a super short pool, which we are super excited about because we have to board a plane by 3.50 p.m. And we are flying round trip to BNA. We are so excited. It's going to be a super, super short trip. It is purely based to just see family. We'll arrive on Wednesday um, evening and we fly out Saturday afternoon because our rig is in Denver (laughs) and we only have a week in Denver. So we are going to be rushing back and trying to pack in as much as we can in just a few days. But it is just so, so exciting to be able to come home and be able to hug family. It's just like we miss it. We miss everyone. We miss our family and friends. Um, but family is just so, so important to us. So super exciting week ahead. And then I think we have some surprise visitors coming in town, but I'm not even completely sure. So tune in next week for episode seven.